Well, hello and welcome to the Pumping Irony Podcast. This is a podcast where three friends get together and talk about things we like and dislike. My name is Tim. I'm Andrew. I'll pretend to be Russ, too. Oh, long. yeah. Uh, Russ is uh, out. He's been transported to the Middle Ages today yeah. and is not able to join us. I guess yeah. he couldn't get back in time. Even though it's a yeah. time machine, you know, you can go. Not he's in the, his Middle Ages, because he's way past that. Oh, yeah. He's way <laughs> past his Middle Ages. He's in the Middle Ages yes. <laughs> at the Renaissance Festival in Maryland. So he was not able to join us, but uh, welcome to, uh, I guess, a new season of the podcast. It's been a while, and so this is kind of like a new season um, we yeah. spent, like I said, we Russ not here, but we want to get together and talk about things. We're cutting the dead weight. Cutting the dead weight, and I don't think he's. I don't know if he's seen Mission Impossible. Spoilers: Mission Impossible Fallout are <laughs> here to the new respects. So um, we'll just you know leave him out of yeah. it for now. We do like a little episode. He just can to talk about things that have been you know crushing us with the want to talk about. Crushing us with glee. <laughs> crushing us with glee. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're just going to get into it. Uh, like We talk about things we like, and we take a short break and talk about things we dislike. Um, just a little preview. I'm, we will be talking about the New Respects, which is a new band, and I'll be playing music from them, so you hear that at the beginning and the break and the, and the end, and it'll be all good. So um, I guess with that, should we talk about the New Respects? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so the New Respects is a four-person band. Um, it is comprised of uh, three siblings and their cousins. So the siblings are twins, Alexandria and Alexis, um, and then joined by their brother Darius. Darius plays drums, and Alexandria, I guess her nickname is Zandy, I read that on the, on the internet. We'll go with that, because sure. it's on the internet, it must be true. Absolutely. And then Alexis, they play guitar and bass, respectively, and then their cousin Jasmine Mullen is a singer. And uh, pretty good musical pedigree, um, Jasmine Mullen is the daughter of a uh, longtime uh, uh, gospel like R&B singer Nicole C. Mullen. She's a uh, like a, in the contemporary Christian music market, um, but they are not. I would not categorize their music as CCM or anything like that. No. They're kind of doing their own thing. Um, but uh, you know, on on their genre page, they say they're pop, soul, and rock and roll. I would put a little funk in there also. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they dropped a new album uh, just a couple weeks ago, on August 17th, as of recording a couple weeks ago. It's called Before the Sun Goes Down, and um, I first heard of heard of them uh, actually back in November of last year. They had a single out called um, Something to Believe In, which I just was on Apple Music and saw that as a new music and listened to it and said, this is really, really good. Unbeknownst to me, they actually had an EP that they put out in March of last year, five-song EP. Um, which a couple of the songs are on the new album. Um, so yeah, November I heard about them, and then I, I like in May I, I was looking on my Apple Music again and said, oh look, they have an EP out there. So I, I downloaded the EP, and then like two days later I'm at my son's graduation, and these two uh, graduate uh, graduating senior girls actually did a song to one of the song uh, did a dance to one of the songs, um, mm-hmm. Come As You Are. And they said, you know, this is Come As You Are by The New Respects. I'm like, oh, okay, I just, actually, I like that band. I'm starting to like that band even more. And so I heard that. I started listening to the EP a lot. And then, like, uh, in the, in May of this year, they they started, they dropped a single, uh, which is called We Ain't Go Nowhere. And then they dropped another one in in um, in June. Oh, I'm sorry, in May was a song called Freedom. In, in June was a song called We Ain't Going Nowhere. And then uh, the their final single in July, Before the Sun Goes Down. 
And like I said, the new album came, came out in, in August. So I've been listening to these singles. I mean, I was like really excited about this. Um, they're just, I mean, they're young and they're hungry and they're, they just have... They're fun. They're really fun. Exactly. The music is, I mean, I would say is very uplifting and very positive. Lots of energy behind it. Um, and, and so like they, they all sing, they all sing like really good together. So they like tight harmonies and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, like I said, it's got a little funk. I, like one of the songs, I can't remember even what song it is. I'm like, this kind of reminds me of like Lenny Kravitz song. Mm. If Lenny Kravitz had like a bunch of siblings singing along with him kind of yeah, thing. The very beginning of the first song reminded me a little bit of Jack White until they started like actually singing. Yeah. Something about the, like the, this guitar like at the beginning. I was like, oh, this yeah. Song. Like, the sound of the guitar and, like, the, the style, the sound of Jack White. And then the song started, and none, none of the rest of it sounded right, like Jack White. exactly. <laughs> well, look, Jack White can get a little funky. I, I, can, yeah. I can see them backing up Jack White, yeah, like, oh, being, totally. being his backing band. Um, so it's kind of kind of that, that funky vibe to it, kind of eclectic music. Uh, but I like it, because they all play instruments, like, real uh, real music played by real people using real instruments. Um and, it, and I think they stick close to what they know. I mean, there's not a lot of, like, overproduction, I would say. There's not a lot of, like, keyboards and all this other kind of different effects. Yeah. It's just the four of them playing their instruments, singing really well together. Um, and, yeah, they got they got some chops. Yeah, it's, they seem like they'd be really fun to see live. Just the, the, the amount of energy that's on the album yeah. makes me want to see, like, what they would look like right. live. Because if they can take that up a notch, like, in an actual oh, yeah. performance... Oh, yeah. You'd imagine. Nuts. You'd imagine, nuts. yeah. So, um... They reminded me a lot about like, and and I, I was looking through their Facebook page and some of their posts, and they they talked about they kind of wanted to be um, like the the black um, colony house. Oh, I should say that they're all African Americans, all four of them. Um, so they kind of want to say we're going to be the black colony house, which is another band that we both like. Yeah. Um, which is also uh, uh, sons of, of CCM star. Yes, yeah, Stephen Curtis Chapman. So. So they started out wanting to be that, and you can kind of see the little bit of that, kind of like maybe the energy, um, but then yes. they said, you know what, we're going to do our own thing, and so they kind of branched out. I think probably more, they're probably a little more funkier, probably more, a little more soul yeah, definitely. in their like if, music. If you hadn't mentioned the comparison, I don't think I ever would have drawn it myself. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess I can see a little bit, but like, the yeah. sound is just so, like... I would say, I would say, you know, well, both four-person bands, yeah. lots of energy, um, lots of like upbeat songs. They're probably a little bit more positive than the Colony House. Yeah. Um, I would say not that Colony House is a depressing band, but I would say even like you know, and you'll hear some of the music right. and you can judge for yourself. But I think it's really kind of positive. Yeah, I mean, upbeat. there's what like one, maybe two songs, slow songs on the album. Yeah, yeah. The, when Come As You Are, the one I'd mention is one of the slower songs. Yeah. But even that's got a really positive message. Yeah. So you know, I if you have a chance, they're on Apple Music, Spotify. All the streaming services probably, um, heck, support them, buy their album. I bought their LP. It's, it's yellow. It's really cool, yellow vinyl. Um, so support this band. Check them out. I, 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 like I told you, Andrew, about them, and then I told my daughter, and I, I came down. She was making something the other day, and she was listening to the New Respects on her, on her, on her iPhone. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I've been listening to them at work a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good, you know, programming music. Good driving music. <laughs> good driving music, too. Yeah. So it's all around good music, and I think no one would be disappointed if they if they listen to this band. Um, and hopefully, I'll tweet out to them. Hopefully, they'll come somewhere close to the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area that we can see them live. Yeah, I definitely want to see them. Um, that would be a blast. Yeah, so I definitely I'll be there. Um, and so that's it. The new respects, the new album, before the sun goes down, came out August seventeenth. I think everyone should check them out. 
you won't be disappointed. Yeah. And you'll already have heard some of their music by yeah. the time you get to this part of the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, the second like, you want to introduce it, Andrew? Yeah, uh, I want to talk about a movie that, uh, one of my favorite of the summer, um, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, I love almost all the Mission Impossible movies. We're just going to pretend that two doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's a very bad movie. I've even rewatched it twice in the last couple of years, and it just gets worse every time. Oh, man. Because, um, like, twice I've been, you know, showing people all the Mission Impossible movies. I'm like, no, 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 they got really good after two. <laughs> yeah. Um, and every time I watch it, I'm like, man, it's just, it's just worse than I remember. Right. <laughs> like... And it's, it's not like these movies have come out, like, one a year or anything like that. They, right. I mean, what, the first one came out, what, in early 2000, maybe? Late 90s, I Late think. Late 90s? Oh, maybe, yeah. Because like, I'm pretty sure I was in, I think, uh, the second one was early aughts. Okay. Um, so, like, it... I, we'll I do wanna, a little I research say, I here. Say, I want to say 99-ish. Um, maybe even, like, 96. Um, anyway, uh, I love the Mission Impossible movies. Minus two. Um... <laughs> Like, or minus number two, not minus uh, two of them. 96. Um, 96. Was the first movie. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah, so, yeah, 2000 was Mission Impossible 2. Right. Um, so, like, I mean, you can tell, like, it's, you know, Limp Biscuit doing the theme. And <laughs> <laughs> like, everything yeah. is just, like, over the top. Um, like, it, it, it's, it, it went, like, full, like, crazy. Like, Ethan Hunt is a completely different character in the second movie than he is in any of the other six right. movies. Right. Yeah, um, I remember when bizarre. when the first movie came out in '96. Um, I had a friend who was a, was a big fan of the Mission Impossible TV series, and um, what's his name, Angelina Jolie's dad, John Voight. John Voight, uh, you know, is I think was was from the television series also. Yeah. And and then he was in the movie, and he turned out to be spoiler alert from this 22 year old movie <laughs> turned out to be the bad guy, which really rubbed my friend the wrong way. Yeah. He was a Which big fan of the TV. crazy thing to do. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like if you're going to launch so this nuts. new movie franchise and you have this long-term favorite um, actor, I think he was the same character, actually, from the TV show, wasn't yeah. he? I, I don't, I've never seen, I maybe have seen an episode. I mean, I think my dad used to watch it way back. I mean, it came out in 1966, so, I yeah. mean, that was two years before I was even born. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it was one of this great, like, coming from, like, the Cold War, these spy television series. And so I think John Boy is playing the same character as in the TV series, and then he turns out to be a bad guy. Yeah, so. it's crazy enough to try to kill him. Like you think he dies off in the like the opening, oh, right. you know, act of the movie. Yeah. Um. So that's already a crazy enough decision to right. make for you know the one established character in this franchise. Yeah. And then making him the bad guy is yeah. It's so cool. Right. Right. Um, I love these movies. So like yeah. So this is the uh, Fallout is the sixth movie. I yeah. mean, so you got ninety six was the first movie, two thousand for Mission Impossible two, then six years later, two thousand six. Mission Impossible 3, maybe kind of a relaunch. I don't know. J.J. Abrams directed that, which was really good. Great um, movie. And then Ghost Protocol, five years later. And then, Hands down my favorite out of all of them. Rogue Nation, four years later. And then we get Mission Fallout this year, 2018. So, you know, it's been 22 years for these six movies. So, yeah, I so that like, makes these two the closest together. Yeah, exactly. Um, three years. Yeah. And this one is basically a direct sequel to right. Rogue Nation, which is... Also pretty good. They, like, there's this, you know, a bit of continuity over the last uh, couple ones, which is really right. cool. Um, I mean, there's, you know, you, you could watch the second one without seeing the first one, and you would think, cool, this guy's a super spy, superhero. Yeah. He rocks climb with no harness or anything. Yeah. Well, and um, then, and then uh, uh, aside from Tom Cruise, the only other person who's been in all of them is um, Ving Rhames as Luther Stickwell. Stickel? Yeah. Stickle? Luther Stickle. Yeah, I don't know, he's just Luther. <laughs> right, Luther, Ving Rhames. Um, so he's, 
he's been on all um, six of them along with Tom Cruise, but yeah. I think that's oh, the he's only, only in like two minutes of the of Ghost Protocol. Like I think he just right. he just shows up at the end, but right, right. yeah, but still, but he's in all of them. He's the one. But I mean, I guess since the third one, you've had uh, Simon Pegg right. as Benji, who is just the best. Yes, ex- yes. Um, but yeah, like uh, like this whole series, that I love uh, in Fallout's, you know, just great. I, I think it's the, it's the only. I mean, it's the whole series at this point is just based on it's just what crazy stunts will Tom Cruise do? Right. And he just keeps trying to up the ante every exactly. movie. Which is crazy. Because, you know, for the Rogue Nation, that opening sequence with him hanging on the side of the, over the, over the C-130 or whatever, that, yeah, that like I guess it was a Russian plane, I guess, was right. crazy enough. You're like, what are they going to do to, to yeah, top he's that? he's actually hanging on the side of a plane right. while it's, you know, in taking off. Yeah. Um, and in uh, Ghost Protocol, he's actually on the size of, of the, the yeah, Wiz Khalifa or whatever. Burj Khalifa. Burj Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa's a rapper. That's, yeah, whatever. <laughs> he, he's, he's no tall. relation to... He's pretty tall. He's, Wiz sure. Khalifa is not the son of Burj Khalifa. <laughs> but the Burj Khalifa is the tallest building in the world. Yeah. yeah, so like Tom Cruise is actually scaling the side of the tallest building in the world for for no apparent reason. And there's, you know, in this, in uh, uh, Fallout, he jumps out of a plane for no apparent reason. It serves almost no plot purpose. Um, and it's one of those things that, like, I didn't, like, it never occurred to me that he was actually skydiving until I found right. out after the movie, because that's just such an insane, like, I, I saw it described by uh, a podcast I was listening to as, it's like a reverse Uncanny Valley, where, like, <laughs> right. like Uncanny Valley is, like, it's so close to true, but it's something, like, something's off. Uh-huh. Like, this, it looks so good, but you know it can't be that it can't be true because there's no way they'd actually do right. that. But apparently they actually, you know, he just jumped right. out of a plane a bunch of times. Yeah. Had a special helmet yeah. made because, like, uh, it needed to have lights so that you could actually see yep. Tom Cruise, right. like, jumping out of this plane. And it's this awesome sequence where, like, you know, it's all done, or it's all done to look like one take. I think they said it was actually three shots okay. uh, stitched together where, you know, the cameraman jumps out of the plane before Tom Cruise. Okay. Um, and, like, the, the cameraman is, like, has, you know, this, the camera on his helmet, he can't even see what he's filming, so it took, wow. him, like, it took them so many just to get it right. to do it, because he can't, like, he had to, like, you know, just kind of feel, like, that Tom Cruise would be, like, in focus right. and stuff, because yeah. he can't see what's actually, like, until they got to the ground, they had no idea what the footage actually was going to look like. So how many times, I heard, I heard a number, but I don't know if it's true, I, I just heard, like, it was, like, over 20 times they did this jump, but I don't know if that's yeah. true or not, um, it, it seemed like, that was probably, you know, 20 jumps is a lot of jumps, but to yeah. get what they did, I think, I can, I think it was kind of more. I think I heard more than 30. Maybe. Oh, wow, okay. Like, I, just, I think yeah. I, I was, in my back of mind, I had like, um, it was like 20-some jumps. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, and so, <laughs> so the only, the like, the, the actual special effects in that scene aren't them falling out of the sky. It's them redoing the background to make them falling <laughs> over the, out of the sky over Paris. Right. Because they were doing it, like, over a desert or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, <laughs> and... <laughs> In the actual logic of the movie, all they're doing is trying to infiltrate Paris into a into a building that has tons of random people in it. Right. Like it's not like you can't get into Paris. They right. just float on a regular plane, right, right. landed, walked into the building. <laughs> like, but I think the the whole the the kind of the I don't know what you'd call it, but the 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 thing is the is that um, Henry Cavill is in it. He's playing this CIA agent, right? Yeah. Who is kind of like makes fun of. Tom Cruise and the mission um was it IMF yeah um but all, all their gadgets and all their you know their their special things that they use and he's like 
you know, he's just the muscle for CIA. He's like, right. we're old school. We do it, you know, the the way we do it. Yeah. And, and so then, you know, and that was part of that. That whole sequence was the, the special equipment and all that kind of stuff. Oh, sure. I just like, and a great payoff at the end, you know, oh, yeah. land. Oh, it's fantastic. I just don't think there's any actual movie logic where they couldn't, oh, have, no. just, couldn't have just taken it exactly. straight into Paris. But it looked cool. <laughs> it looks so cool. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's it. the craziest stuff. I mean, him at the end hanging off the helicopter uh, yeah. was well, incredible he's also. The, he's, yeah, there was, they apparently had to film this. I, I, I heard that they, uh, they had to plan the movie around what countries would give... Uh, the uh, the studio insurance for Tom Cruise okay. doing these stunts, so they had to reverse engineer the plot of this movie by uh, where they were actually going to be allowed to film. So like all the helicopter scenes uh, are done in New Zealand, okay, um, which is the only country that would uh-huh. ensure Tom Cruise actually flying a helicopter around. So then they're like, okay, so how are we going to get him to New Zealand? Right, this so, ma- or this? I don't think they're supposed to be in New Zealand. Yeah, in the movie. so they then they're like, okay, so what other countries does that part? New Zealand look like and then they're like okay so it looks like this country and we can say because uh, there's a water source okay this is what the plot's going to be yeah this is around this water source and all this stuff <laughs> I've never heard of a movie uh, based around the stunts in it. yeah because, the plot is based on the stunts yeah because basically Tom Cruise is like I want to fly a helicopter <laughs> and they're yeah. like okay Tom you can fly a helicopter we just have to find a country that will let right you. so <laughs> I think that's that's the most thing most impressive thing about um, uh, all these Mission Impossible movies is Tom Cruise you know He's now 56 years old, so yeah. he was in his 30s when he started, and it doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all. No, he's ramping it up every Exactly. Um, like, there's nothing in the first Mission Impossible that's anywhere close to these stunts. No, in the, in the beginning, he's running around a little bit, but yeah, well, yeah. I think the cool thing was when they were going into the CIA thing. Oh, totally. But the that rope wasn't, thing. But, but that, that wasn't, wasn't like, a stunt. No, that like, was I mean, a stunt. Like intense. Yeah, it's it's one of the best you know spy scenes of all time, and it's been copied like, several times in other movies oh, yeah. too. Like it's an iconic scene, right? But it's not like oh man, like I'm. It's not like oh man, isn't it crazy that Tom Cruise is actually hanging from a ceiling by a rope? Like I don't. That wasn't the cool part of the right. the movie. Although, like like you said, it's still one of the best sequences out of any spy movie, much less a Mission Impossible movie yeah. of all time. Right. Like that's a like with with the knife and the sweat. Yep. Um, yep. The rat and the. Yep. Know, oh, it's oh. So, it's so good. Such so great good. movie making. Yeah. First one directed by Brian De Palma, who's got a pretty, pretty impressive pedigree as far as movie making. Um, yeah. So let's get uh, let's talk about some of some of Tom Cruise's um, highlights from this movie. I think his running. Oh. I've told this to several people. He's the best runner. If you need yeah. a runner in a movie, he should have been in the movie The Maze Runner. Oh, that's just, Tom Cruise. Just Any movie with running in it, yeah, he should t- immediately Tom Cruise should be cast as the lead. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, he's a he's an impressive runner, and he runs a lot in this. He movie. runs a lot in this movie. I mean, he's running all across England. <laughs> right. Right. Um, it's fantastic. Yes, and I don't know. So no one runs as good as Tom Cruise in no, a movie. No I mean. I, that must be on his back of his head headshot, yeah, you know. Certainly not Bruce Willis. I don't no. think Bruce Willis has run since nineteen ninety seven. No. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean Tom Cruise impressive shape, good runner, all his own stunts, actually broke his ankle during one stunt. Yeah. And, and shot this in a movie. In and a movie. finished the shot. You can see him. <laughs> yeah, he, he limping. Limps, he limps off at the end of the shot because he broke his ankle. <laughs> but he had to finish the shot. Yeah, he said, I didn't want to do it again. Right. Like, I just broke my ankle. So, impressive, impressive dedication to movie making um, and the stunts. And, uh, yeah, so I think, you know, I, w- I came out of the movie just, I don't know about you, we saw it at the same time, um, just exhausted. I mean, it was like, oh yeah, I almost, almost felt like I ran a, a marathon. Cause yeah. Just because... 
you're you're on the edge of seat. So much adrenaline pumping through the 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 action on the screen. The audience definitely feels it, and I just came out of there going, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, I mean, well, and there's even a great emotional payoff at the end of it, yes. like for something that's like been building for like four movies, right? Like, yeah. so it's crazy. Yeah, like like I hope this isn't the last one they make. Right, but if it but, is, but it would be a perfect ending. It to the is. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I just don't want it to be over because no. I get so excited for these movies now. Yeah. So, uh, so the, the director of this movie, Christopher McQuarrie, who actually directed um, Rogue Nation also. Yeah, the only returning director for yep. any uh, Mission Impossible movie. And I was reading, I think, something, maybe probably in Entertainment Weekly, how Christopher McQuarrie, like, when he did the stunts for Rogue Nation, he's like, oh man, I feel sorry for the dude who's going to direct the new movie, who has up these screens, and it turned out to be him again. He's like, yeah. oh man! <laughs> yeah, that's what I think he, did he write for? Um... I don't know if he wrote it or not. Yeah, I think I think he had a writing credit on four. Yep, screenwriter, um, and he wrote uh, Fallout also. He screenwriter yeah. for Fallout. So like, yeah, he's sort of been like, you know, like not even just directing the series, like from you know the actual director standpoint, but like you know been you know moving the the story long story or the movies long story wise, which I, is also why I think the the last three movies have, you know, they just have like a. Like, they feel like a trilogy, mm-hmm. like, on right. their own, like, separate from the first three. Yeah. But none of the first three feel connected in any way, shape, or form. Right, exactly. Like. Yeah. Um, um, it's because, I don't know, they just have the, the same feel, I guess, for the, the last three. Yeah. Maybe because, you know, J.J. Abrams took over as a producer after the, th- he's, he wasn't a producer on Mission Impossible 3, the movie he directed, but ever since then. Yeah, and Bad um, Robot's been doing them. Right. Uh, since then, too, I think. And then, I mean, you got the same director for the last two, and then, I mean, Brad Bird, who's, like, incredible Pixar director, yeah. directing Ghost Protocol. That was his first live-action movie. Right, which it, is like, it was fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. So, yeah, so do do yourself a favor if you have not seen Mission Impossible Fallout, which has been in the theater for... came out at the end of July. end of July, so um, over a month as a recording. Yeah, I got to see it twice in IMAX, and it was a treat both Oh, times. man, I've only seen it once. Like, it's no longer in IMAX, because, you know, Ken, so good. Oh, God. <laughs> That's for another, just, so disappointed. Um, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, but was not disappointed in Mission Impossible Fallout at all. No, that was, I mean, literally, got, walked out of the theater, was like, I cannot wait to see that again. Yeah. Like, I'm, oh, I'm just so excited. Real quick, let's talk about the motorcycle sequence the, the, oh, through Paris. Oh, I mean... <laughs> I feel like, I've never been to Paris, but I feel like I could get around now just by yeah. watching Tom Cruise ride his motorcycle around it. Yeah. Well, the action scenes in this movie are so long and drawn out. Yeah. And, like, I, I did hear one person complain, like, I thought the, the motorcycle thing was a bit a bit much. Or maybe they were talking about the motorcycle thing in Rogue Nation. I can't remember which one. Well, I, Both movies have great motorcycles, yeah, yeah. but I think the one in Rogue Nation is yeah. better. Yeah, I think my, my um, wife and daughter, who are not big action buffs, Thought the motorcycle. It was your wife. Yeah, who said that. It was a little. It was a little much. It a little went a little long. And then the. I mean, I think the the ending fight is a little over the top, also, but in a great <laughs> yeah. way. I mean, come on. Yeah, I think the, the ending of that fight is the one part where it stretched physics to the point where it's like, yeah. this is this is unrealistic. Right. right. The rest of it completely realistic. Oh yeah, completely realistic. But yeah, two but, guys jumping out of a helicopter and all that. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Like yeah. aiming helicopters at each other and just you know, dog fighting and trying to drop things on oh, each other. Oh man, it's it's. I want to see it again. Yeah, so I definitely want to see it. I've only seen it once, but yeah, do yourself a favor before it leaves theaters. I'm sure it'll be on home video soon enough. Um, but do yourself a favor and go see it on the big screen because yeah, oh yeah, that's. Yeah. If it comes back to IMAX and you have a chance, definitely see Because uh, two of the scenes do go out to the whole like IMAX oh, uh, yeah. uh, aspect ratio for the the, uh, 
the skydiving scene and the motorcycle scene. Oh, okay, yeah. Both use, like, the entire IMAX rig, and it just looks so good. Yeah. Like, every time, like, my eyes catch a go, like, you know, up to the full the full ratio, I'm like, oh, man, like, so, something's about to go down. <laughs> it's about to get you know, really good. You know it's special. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. And, like, even, like, the, like you know, the, the Ethan Hunt character of this movie, like, is so tied to, like, all of the events of the first movie. Right. Um, it's like, Aside from that second movie, they've tried to do something interesting with, like, Ethan Hunt. Yeah. Um, he's just... I mean, I guess maybe you could say he's in shock and withdrawal in the second movie is the best way you could make that maybe. work. Um, it's just not good. But, like, no. you know, his team uh, all dies at the beginning of uh, the first, first movie. Right. Um, he loses his entire team, uh, including, as you know, his mentor figure and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then the beginning of the... And this movie is based around, like... Everything that happens in the movie is because he would not, you know, like give up like his team. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like you know, his, everything like you know that is going on is because of you know, I guess the, you know, even the fallout of the events of the first movie, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, so I, I love this movie. I love it so much. Yeah, it's, good, it's a good franchise. <laughs> Very good franchise. Um, and like I said, I've just I think gotten better or on par with each movie coming out. Yeah, four um, is still my favorite, but four, five, and six are all really close. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're like it's probably like four, six, you know, five out of those three for me. But man, are they like I, I'm not even mad at someone who makes the argument that you know that five's the best or six is the best. Like they're all so good. Yeah, they're so good. Uh, yeah. So that's that's Mission Impossible. Our love for it is uh, undeniable. So we're gonna take a short break, um, play some new respects, and we'll come back with. A very short dislike section. Yeah. One, two, three, four, short dislike and uh it, it is a uh, fad phenomenon trend that's going on now it's a new dance move called flossing have you have you seen flossing I the floss dance yeah my destiny character had the floss dance like a year and a half ago oh before man Fortnite got popular <laughs> yeah i i don't know something about it just gives me the heebie-jeebies when i see it it just i don't it doesn't look good you know it's not not a particularly attractive dance maybe um it's goofy it's pretty goofy and it doesn't require too much skill just a little bit of coordination which is why white boys love it exactly exactly (laughs) but like uh, kids any dance that kids can do not a good dance sorry you know um like it'd be weird if you saw two kids tangoing together that'd be kind of weird so you know adorable I don't know. It'd be kind of weird. Because <laughs> there's a little, a little bit of, like, you know, a little romantic stuff in the tango and yeah. all that kind of stuff. These two little kids. They're just cousins. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this flossing, you know, I mean, you see it, like, if you go to a ball game and, and you have the dance cam, you see people flossing. I, like I said, any dance that white people can do really well is not a very good, a good dance. Fair. Nothing. It's like the Macarena. You know, when the Macarena came out, 
white people <laughs> had the time of their lives doing the Macarena, which is a pretty stupid dance also. But I think yeah. Flossing, was the first time we saw it, I think, was during the, one of the Super Bowl halftime shows? Yeah, the, the backpack kid or whatever? Yeah. Was that Madonna or who was? Katy Perry. Katy Perry? Okay. Yeah, the backpack kid Flossing. Which even then, back then, I'm like, yeah. It was, it was like, wasn't very attractive. It was just... Yeah, but just, it was some kid. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I guess he started the trend and now everyone's doing it. Um, but it's not, yeah, like I said, it's not a particularly attractive looking dance and it's kind of simple, but... And it's also another dance that you don't have another partner with, so it's like, why even do it? I don't know. That's just my little irritating, uh, irritating, irritating dislike, I should say, is flossing. I don't like regular flossing either. I think that's kind of annoying, also when you you know. It's a sham. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so I I don't like any kind of flossing at all. Mental <laughs> flossing, dental <laughs> flossing, or dance flossing. All right. Don't like any of it. It's my dislike. Yeah. I guess I have a, a short dislike I could talk about, too. Okay. Just, I don't even want to go into this, but, like, just a couple movies this uh, summer that should have been crazier and more over the top than they would, uh, than they actually end up being, uh-huh. uh, being like, uh, Skyscraper and The Meg. I was both slightly disappointed with all of them, uh, both of them. The Meg, I was way more disappointed with than Skyscraper. Skyscraper is, like, an actively, like, boring movie for, yeah know, for, for what it be, is, you know, this crazy over the top hey look it's die hard but like the building's so big now. right and <laughs> you got the rock and it's the got rock. dwayne the rock johnson um, but with a fake leg come yeah, on apparently uh no one told the rock that it should be a, a big dumb movie and oh he's, I mean, he's acting his heart out uh-huh. as he always does the rock's great but like they try so hard to make it this serious movie uh um, when it would be so fun if it was just like this over the top like you know right you know campy B-movie. Which is a good thing about, like, why Die Hard is one of the best action movies ever, because you, yeah. you got a lot of humor in there also. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie takes itself way seriously. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, and, uh, and one thing I did see said, like, the biggest... Not only is it a bad movie, but the fact that it's not called Sky Hard is just, you know, <laughs> exactly. crime against humanity. Right, right. Like, if it was just called Sky Hard... Uh, not a Hard, marketing misstep, yeah, that if is. if it was called Sky Hard, and they just, like, ramped up the camp, like, yeah. this, this would be the greatest movie right. ever. And the Meg... Make was a little bit fun. Um, it definitely did it better uh, than skyscraper, but like right, you, you have know, a seventy foot shark of, or whatever. Come of, on, like boring chunks for yeah. like you know this movie about like this absurdly big shark. Uh, yeah, and I was going to go see it, and um, and I read some reviews and saw some, and it was like I guess it was split kind of you know fifty fifty. Yeah, and so I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to take a chance because what I I mean I kind of wish. It was rated R just for like, come on, get like, you gotta show some cool like gore, you know. I mean, yeah. you got a giant shark and and a seventy foot shark terrorizing a beach, and you you're not getting people chopped in half and all this kind of stuff. And where's the fun in that? Come on. Yeah, I will say like skyscraper is super dull, and there's never a point on like Mission Impossible where you believe that the Rock is doing any like you know actually on the outside of this incredibly fake looking building, like doing these you know incredibly fake looking stunts. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, Hey, ramp up the camp. Uh, like the, the, the good scenes in the Meg are really good. Uh-huh. There's just not enough of it. Like, yeah, okay. there's, there's like a really great, like half hour, 45 minutes of that movie, but like a really dull hour of it. Yeah. Um, so well, the boring parts are just so boring. I mean, I could talk about, I could talk about it a little bit now. I went and saw the movie Kin yesterday, which I don't know. It looked, 
it was from the producers of like Stranger Things and something else. I yeah. forget. But I, I will say it was a little bit weird to me. They didn't say from the producers. It just said from producers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this is like some guy who's technically a producer. It almost seemed like, like it was, he produces craft yeah. services. It almost seemed like it was rushed. It was rushed to uh, theaters. And then even in the opening like credits, it says it was based on a short movie from these two guys who had directed the the, the full length movie. And I was like. Between the short movie and the full-length movie, there was probably a good story in there somewhere. Yeah. Like I was, earlier before we were recording, is that it seemed to me like a like the first episode of this cool sci-fi thriller kind of like TV show, where it should have been like 42 minutes. Right. And it was an hour and 42 minutes. And so that hour felt really, really long, the hour of extra stuff. So it was almost like almost like three movies in one. Also, is it like supposed to be a sci-fi movie? Is supposed to be like a revenge kind of heist movie, or it's supposed to be like this family drama kind of thing? And it's like no, none three of those things worked because the sci-fi element just wasn't enough. It just didn't give you enough sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has this, you saw that if you've seen the previews. He's got this, this kid finds this cool like you know space gun type thing, yeah. you know, and but you don't get en- you don't get enough of that, and it's like. He finds it, and then it takes forever for him to actually, like, you know, use it for the first mm. time. And you're like, you're just waiting, like, when are we going to get to see the gun shoot and fire? I mean, you were... Yeah. And then there's... Chekhov's alien gun. Exactly. And you got these two guys, these two people with helmets look like Halo guys, chasing him. You don't know what that's going on. It takes till the very end of the movie, the last, like, two minutes of the movie, these people show up and explain everything, and you're like... I, I knew that an hour and 42 minutes ago, and then I would have been, like, in for the ride. And it, But if it was a TV show, then you're like, okay, good, man, I'm, re- I'm ready for episode two now. A great first episode, and now you're going you're gonna to give me the rest of the series about what, what this whole thing is about. But no, that's the movie, the movie ends, and you're like, what? Come yeah. on! Maybe, it is a, maybe it's a pilot for, like, a CW series. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. It looked like this pilot for a CW movie. And I don't know. I, I went for the for the cast. I mean, it's got Carrie Coon in it. Not enough Carrie Coon. Yeah. Oh, Carrie Coon is one of the greatest actors. Right. And and she just shows up at the very end also. And you're like, where's she been this whole movie? You know, no and backstory. Making better, <laughs> making better movies, I guess. Yeah. Jack Rayner, who was the brother in one of the you know my favorite movies, I think of last year, the year before, Sing Street. He's this Irish, you know, actor. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, uh, really good and really good in this movie also. He's got some good acting chops. James Franco, over the top, he was really good. Even though he just plays this like this gangster kind of guy, with neck tattoos and everything. He's full James Franco mode, having a great time. Not enough James Franco either. It's just like it was too much of this of of Jack Rayner. I think even though he's a great actor, too much of him and his uh, you know his um, adopted brother, um, who's his first movie. And I think he was a really good actor. Miles Truitt, I think is his name. He got some promise. He's a really good actor. But way too much of him in the movie, mm-hmm. and and not enough like, and then Zoe Kravitz shows up, and Dennis Quaid's in it. You know, it's got a really good. Ca- Michael B. Jordan shows up at the end. What? At the two last two minutes, Michael B. I Jordan shows up, B. Jordan and you're like, "Where's Michael B. Jordan been this whole movie? Come on!" I was so, I, I almost made me really mad. I'm like, "What? That's Michael B. Jordan. Where's he been?" This movie needed way more Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. And um and oh and the premise you're like oh that sounds so cool, but then the movie is over and you're like now what? Yeah. I just wasted an hour and forty two minutes of my life <laughs> for like two minutes of coolness, you know? Yeah. So and I was like super I bored. On YouTube. I was I was I, I mean I mean I was like I love movies but I was like 
I was like, when is the movie over? I was like, checking my watch. When is this movie going to be over? Because I am so bored. My my daughter was super bored. So yeah, that's I was very disappointed in that because there was some cool stuff and it was a cool story, just told poorly. Yeah. So there was, that's a little disappointment also. That's that's a better dislike <laughs> than flossing, but you know. <laughs> Cool, cool. All right. Well, um, until next time, and hopefully Russ will rejoin us. Um, this has been the Pumping Irony Podcast. You can uh, like us on Facebook, join our, our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, you can go to our website. You can go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe and rate and review and all that good stuff to help us out. Um, but until next time, I'm Tim. And I'm Andrew. And we'll see you later. One. Baby.